1: Scary Gary Parish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye On college basketball podcast where we sometimes discuss camel fighting Dota birds. Leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me if you're watching on YouTube. Smash the like button like you're Brandon Davies. You have consent. And don't forget to also subscribe to the CBS Sports College Basketball YouTube channel while you're here. All right, let's get into it. Two days of the 2023-24 college basketball season are now in the books on Tuesday night. The headliner... Baylor-Auburn in Sioux Falls. Final score, Scott Drew's Bears, 88. Bruce Pearl's Tigers, 82. Jacoby Walter was the star five-star freshman. Took 13 shots. He made seven of them. Finished with 28 points, six rebounds in 34 minutes. Dead leg, let's just start there. What'd you make of the Jacoby Walter show in Sioux
0: Falls last night? Well, we told you about Jacoby Walter multiple times leading up to the season, did we not? And man, oh man, what a debut. Really good. And... and- just a, a, a quick uh, epilogue on our our rant to start the the season um just give us give us a couple more of these kind of matchups man not everyone's gonna be as entertaining as this one was on Tuesday night but Baylor and Auburn they came to play and they looked like even though there were some there was some erratic play and maybe uh you know some questionable shot selection here or there whatever man it was an entertaining game, and those teams looked like they had uh, they had more than just a few games uh, under their belts at that point, and Didn't look like they were playing the first game of the season. So uh, credit, of course, again to Scott Drew and Bruce Pearl for getting that done. Hopefully, more coaches can do that. Uh, it really kind of—I don't want to say it saved the first two days of the season because it didn't. In fact, we have some <laughs> some stunning results that we're going to get to. But this one was a joy. Uh, Baylor closing the game on a on a sixteen to five run. Walter was the star. But if you watched Baylor play GP, I mean, they, they just have, this is partly why I I picked them to be a top five team by season's end. You know, when I do my rankings, I'm not saying that's what they're going to look like in the first game, the first week, even the first month of the season. But I think by the time we get to the middle of March, I think Baylor is going to have one of the five best crews in the, in the sport. And they have the length, they have the shooting, they have the defense, They have the size. They've got the roster and the depth. You just saw so much of it there. I mean, even small stuff like Jaden Nunn having three steals, and he was maybe the fifth most important player on the floor for Baylor. Walter was the biggie, though. I mean, him having 28 in his college debut, it's the most by a Big 12 freshman, since I'm sure you're aware of this. Um... Beasley went for 32 against Sacramento State in his first game for K State. So there hadn't been a freshman in the league that had gone for that many in the uh what 14, 15 years since. He was awesome. Um Eves Misi was <laughs> he came off the bench. He had 10 points, but his steal that led to a transition dunk over Janai Broom. And then I believe on the ensuing play, there was a block. And then I think like two plays later, he had another um play on the defensive end that that uh that led to a transition bucket for for Baylor. It was it was big time because Baylor came back. I mean, Baylor was trailing, I want to say, from midway through the first half until the final, you know, two and a half minutes there, Parish. Uh, impressive resolve from Scott Drew's team. We can get to Auburn in just a second. But uh, Walter already, I mean, just mark it down, uh, you know, knock on wood. Hopefully no injury lock lottery pick and can 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 and probably will work his way into definitive status in the top 10 for the 2024 draft. There is so much to love about his game.
1: You know, during the offseason, I think as recently as last week when we did the big preview episode uh, for CBS Sports Network, uh, we were talking through, uh, you know, guys who could emerge as household names or faces of the sport and you had your list and one of the points i made is that it, it is often a, a freshman <clears throat> and sometimes a freshman that yeah he was a five-star guy mcdonald's all american but he's not somebody uh, like unless you're a diehard you know living on 24 7 sports you you might not know who this person is uh, two years ago it was jabari smith at auburn you know jabari smith could have walked around any campus in America two days before he played his first game in Auburn, and nobody would have known who he was. That might have also been true at Auburn. Um, he quickly emerged as a candidate to be the number one pick in the draft and and one of the best players in the country for a very, very good team. Last season, Brandon Miller, more or less at Alabama, did the exact same thing. And so w- w- the point I made last week is there will be an, a, a, a guy who does that this year. Like, Brody James is the most famous freshman Uh, DJ Wagner, maybe right there behind him, and those guys are both immensely talented on their own, but mostly famous because of who their fathers, or in DJ's case, even grandfather, is. Most of these other guys are, again, if you follow recruiting rankings, you 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 might recognize them. Otherwise, you you probably wouldn't. But somebody always emerges, and through two days, it's just two days. But through two days, Jacoby Walter uh, looked like he 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 fits the bill. Um, he looked like a guy who could be in consideration and obviously is to be the number one pick in the 2024 NBA draft. On Eve Miss- Missy, I was going to give you credit. I-, I believe multiple times this offseason you said the buzz out of Waco is connected to that guy. Yeah, Walter's going to be great, but this other freshman from Cameroon, uh, he- he's he got some stuff that that makes him a very intriguing prospect. And as you saw him just, and this is the type of stuff, it just saw him running around out there. I mean, yes, he had 10 points, two blocks, uh, two steals in 18 minutes off the bench, but just the way he moves. Correct. You know, yes. At one point said, that's what an NBA prospect looks like or something like that. And uh, yeah, it was it was interesting to see him because, I, I mean, he looked like an impactful player um, already. And you mentioned the depth at Baylor. I believe Scott had earlier this season, preseason, um, in advance of getting started, said he thought this was maybe you know, his most talented team and, and, and one of, if not the, uh, not talented, let me take that back, uh, deepest, deepest teams and, and, and maybe one of the deepest, if not the deepest team in the country. And a lot of that was on, on display last night. I, like you, appreciated that they scheduled that game, Bruce and, and Scott. I actually t- texted the, the four coaches who created the two best games on for Monday and Tuesday. Um, uh, you know, Bruce Pearl... Uh, Andy Infield, Scott Drew, and Jerome Tang, and was like, hey, just I appreciate you guys not being cowards and being willing to test your teams uh, in the season opener. I wish there were more coaches like you. And Scott was like, uh, yeah, you get to have a drink and enjoy it tonight. We got to sweat the whole thing out. And they did have to sweat it out. But without that, yeah, we had some bad matchups that turned into some interesting games. Yeah. We'll get to those. But if you're looking for a game that's worth watching, there, there was – on a surface level there was really just two scheduled for the first two days and uh i'm glad we had them because without that one last night you know it would have been an easy night just to watch election coverage i guess
0: yeah no it was uh it was a wonderful watch and yeah to your point on Misi, um i can almost guarantee you that after you know maybe one or two trips down the floor the first time he was out there that Auburn players, there was there was almost maybe like a like a buzz or an energy around their around their heads because he, his presence seems to change the dynamic on the floor. And again, that that steel transition dunk was just was outrageous. The first like true like ridiculous highlight of the season there. Uh, credit to him. Also Walter, by the way, he went ten for ten from the line. Just small stuff like that. Um, he's he could be. Really, a, a must-see player, and that was a that was a big time, big time uh, spot. And, and, player, and right he was away. taking
1: long threes. He was running yes. off the of screens, catching, getting his feet set, launching. He, he looked like an NBA shot maker at six foot five in day one. That's a that's a great place to start.
0: Very easy to see. Uh, no Baylor freshman had ever scored as much in, a, in their debut as Walters twenty eight. By the way, Baylor has won twenty. Is a credit to Baylor Sports and Information for this. This is just incredible. Baylor's twenty and one in its last 21 games in neutral sites against non-conference opponents. The only loss came against Virginia, uh, in November of last year, 20 and one in neutral site, non-con matchups. That's, that's unbelievable. And then for Auburn, uh, just, you know, it's maybe something of a freak, uh, trend here, but again, uh, yet again, that it's first matchup against the top, you know, 30, uh, top 40 Ken Palm opponent of a season ends in a loss this year. It was it was Baylor last season. It was Memphis the season before that. It was UConn season before that. It was Gonzaga uh, season before that. It was Florida um, season before that. It was Duke season before that. It was deep into the season because Auburn was really good. Um, it was Texas A and M. Just you know, you have to go back a full decade here. So uh, I do think Auburn's going to be plenty entertaining, plenty fun. Um, Aiden Holloway had nineteen off the bench. He shot four of eight from three-point range. Janai Broom had some really nice moments. He might have range now this season, which is going to be big if that's the case. He had 16 points, 11 boards, stepped up big. Denver Jones had 13. Auburn, it, it just... And this might be... I don't know if this will be the case with this team yet or not this season, but it has been... Uh, a team with a lot of unpredictable energy, or at least the predictable part about Auburn is, you know, its games are going to be unpredictable. And there was a little more of that last night. Now, a lot of it was Baylor kind of staying the course, Uh, but both teams shot relatively well. I mean, averaged close to or more than 1.1 points per possession, which I thought was pretty huge. Uh, Rebounding was pretty even turnovers were pretty even. Um, Baylor just got to the free throw line a, a lot more than Auburn, but Aiden Holloway, um, a lot of fun. I just, I, one of my other takeaways was that was a really fun game to watch. Uh, Baylor's resolve was impressive. Me C and and Walter are undeniable, but Aiden Holloway could wind up being among the 10 to 15 most watchable players in the sport this season, just because he's a little undersized, but has a ton of confidence, a really good handle and is not afraid. And I assume we'll be, I don't know if he'll be getting it, getting an outright green light GP, but he'll get, he'll have a yellow. On every possession to launch from twenty seven, twenty eight feet, in addition to his playmaking, so good performance out of Auburn. They did let the game slip away, though. He better have a green light.
1: You seen the? You, you seen some of the guards that had green lights at Auburn over the past couple of years? That's,
0: uh, that's another good point. And Katie Johnson is still. Is if those still guys around. had green lights, then
1: Aiden Holloway's got
0: to have one. That's true. It's true. I, that's 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 true. A rare I, loss, by the way, for Bruce Brill. He's now twenty-seven and two all time in season openers. I
1: he Holloway uh, came, as you mentioned, came off the bench. That's always interesting. Like, okay, what's going on there? Is it just a, a message sent, or a you know a, a lesson? Um, is it something other than that? He he did play a team high twenty-seven minutes though. So yes, he started the game on the bench, but he played more minutes than any other Auburn Tiger. Next up for Baylor, John Brown.
0: They got to mess around with John Brown. Okay.
1: I just think it's funny to say you're playing John. Is Brown. John
0: bringing some of his buddies or is this going to be five <laughs> no, on one? They're just playing John Brown. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. Imagine John Brown trying that's to funny, Like Scott, we appreciate you setting up this big game to start the season. We love it. Uh, who's next? John Brown. Oh. Yeah,
1: no, Scott, Scott, Scott's like, all right, listen, I'll play Auburn first, but then we're playing John Brown. All right. Get me, I'll play Auburn, put it in the Pentagon. But after that, Send, send John Brown down to Waco. Bring me John Brown. After they get rid of John Brown, Gardner Webb on Sunday, L-G-W. and then UMKC next Tuesday. Schedule gets a little lighter.
0: I'll take the trade off, though. Give me Baylor Auburn. Uh, hey, give me a- Auburn as your first game. And if you want to play three bye games, I'll I just give us something to pop right off and start of the season That's every right. single time. That's
1: that, that would be my rule. If you open against a quality opponent, your next three can get, be against John Brown.
0: We we have said it, so it shall be. Also, uh, a shout-out to Anthony Smith on Twitter was the closest. I, t- I said I tweeted it out. You'd get a shout-out on the show, and so shout-out. Here it is. Closest to the pin. Final score. The closest one we had. We had more than 40 responses. Guest 83-76. A Baylor win. 88-82. Credit to you, Anthony Smith. Thanks for following the show.
1: Michigan State lost its season opener to, to James Madison. The what? That's not great. We'll discuss that surprising result next, but first a word from our partners. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, technology marketing and creative legal and administrative and customer support at Robert half. We know talent visit roberthalf.com today. Michigan state played its season opener Monday night against James Madison Breslin center. It did not go well. Final score 79 76 in overtime. James Madison over Michigan state. That's not supposed to happen when you are one of the sports biggest brands led by an all-time great coach and at tip-off, a 16.5-point favorite. A dead leg. I sat on an aircraft carrier once and watched Michigan State lose a game in front of the 44th president of the United States, oh, Barack Obama. Never thought I'd also watch Michigan State lose a game to the fourth president wow. of the United States. Are you, how Madison.
0: are you stealing my trivia time material right? I was going to trivia time you on J- James Madison, where Jimmy landed in the uh, in the chronological order, but you're all over it. All right. Trivia time. Okay, well,
1: Man, you can't do you can't, buddy. I wish I could show you my screen time. You know how much time I spent on James Madison's wiki page last night.
0: <laughs> Can we dive a little bit deeper occasionally than just the Wikipedia page? By the no, way? no.
1: Everything I know, straight from Wikipedia. Okay. If it's not on Wikipedia, I have no idea. Every, anytime you hear me say something, you think, "Oh, that's interesting. How do you know that?" I just was playing around on Wikipedia. Who was James Madison's vice president?
0: Uh, (laughs) Should I know it? Should I know it? No,
1: of course not. Okay, (laughs) then give it to me. I don't know. It's going to blow your mind. James Madison's vice president was George Clinton. (laughs) Okay. Funkadelic brought the funk? Yes, to the White House
0: circuit what? 1804?
1: I couldn't believe it either.
0: Wow. Gotta I couldn't one. believe it either. Young young ones out there, if you're not familiar with Funkadelic, please go find it. Maggot Brain. Get it on. Get it on the list to listen to. Big time, big George time.
1: George Clinton, also first governor of New York. There you go. That's, that's all I know. How about that? That's everything. That's all. Uh-huh. Did anything that happened to Michigan State... Anything you saw Monday night change your big picture
0: idea of what Michigan State will be. Well, let's first address the thing that's been shared plenty, but if you missed it, uh the fact that this game was even played, the reason for it, Matt Buckland happens to be Tom Izzo's nephew. <laughs> he's on the he's on the staff at James Madison. That's why this game gets apparently scheduled. And you know what? Credit to Izzo for doing it. But I won't even take phone calls from my nephews. Okay. <laughs> well, Tom Izzo's a better man than you, I guess. I think we've known that. Okay, I think that's been established. I had JMU, uh, and and honestly, when I was built, I had them. They were the last team in my top 101, and uh, I think I, at one point I got them as high as 99. But eventually, I settled on 101. I was clearly too low. They were expected to be the best team in the Sun Belt. They were quality mid-major last season, and now here's a real kaboom on on JMU uh, with getting that kind of win. In fact, uh, good old Bart Torvik. He pointed out, and I'm going to get to that. I'll get to Michigan State. Uh, but he pointed out that James Madison has this game on Thursday at Kent State, which, by the way, is part of the MAC Sun Belt Challenge. Are you, f- are you familiar with the battle for the Man, belt? Get me, get me that shirt. Uh, the get- shirt? Have you seen the belt? I figured you want. Nada, do we have a photo of this thing? They're getting get an, a straight up wrestling belt for this thing. Get me that belt. I know you want that We have belt. Billiken belts. That's true, but they're they're traditional belts. This is a this is a if you're watching on YouTube, this hey. is an actual hey, YouTube wrestling belt. Yeah. But Torvik pointed out if if they can win if J, if JMU can beat Kent State on the road, which is not going to be easy, but JMU could go on a roll here, and maybe James Madison will be the last undefeated team in the country. Now it's got to get past Senderoffs, Rob Senderoffs, Golden Flashes here, but after that. It's projected to win every game until January 6th on Ken Palm. Now, projecting to win every game versus likelihood to win every game in totality, in aggregate, two very, very different things. Oh, shut up, nerd. Just keep, I know, statistics, probabilities. What do you you want me to do? Um, But just keep an eye out for that. James Madison, by the way, it's the first time they've won a game over a top 15 team, a top 10 team, a top five team in school history. The only other time they ever beat a ranked opponent came in 92 in the Meadowlands in New Jersey, when they beat 19th ranked Cal, who had Jason Kidd as a freshman. They were one and forty-two prior to Monday's win against ranked opponents. So credit to Mark Byington, credit to Terrence Edwards, who had 26. TJ Pickerstaff had 21. That was really, really good stuff. Um, and, and 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 a noisy result. We we told you the flip it's side a, a, time, it, big time result, right? Huge like, yes. Like huge headline Monday night.
1: You know, this top five team losing at home to James Madison. Is it the best assessment of what happened in those 45 minutes? This A, like you noted, James Madison ain't bad. All right. That's, that, 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 that's, a, that's a quality basketball team. Um and Michigan State went one of 20 from three. I know. They shot five percent from three. Horrible. Like if you're a Michigan State fan and you're Disappointed, and why wouldn't you be? The silver lining is probably hey, James Madison doesn't resonate like some power conference school might, but James Madison is better than some power conference schools. And we missed 19 of the 20 three pointers that we took last season. Michigan State, different team, got it, but they shot 39.3% from three. If they just shoot that average. They make, I'm rounding up slightly, they make seven more threes in the game. That's 21 points. I know basketball doesn't exactly work that way, but you you can reasonably suggest that if Michigan State merely shot last season's average, or, you ready for this, even 5% better from three. Like, if they shot 10% from three, that might be enough to win the game. The problem is they shot 5% from three, so they lost hopefully for their sake, that's the worst shooting performance they have all season. Tom said afterward, he doesn't ever remember his team shooting the ball so poorly. I don't know whether that's true or false. I mean, I guess it's true that he doesn't remember it. I don't know if it's factually a fact, but um, boy, that's not the way you want to start a season. Take twenty threes, miss 19 of
0: them. It also said this after the game. Well, I hope the
1: listeners heard that because I sure didn't. You can't hear that? Nope. You can't hear it at all?
0: Not at oh, all. Gosh. Never but mind. Good try. <sighs> you didn't hear it whatsoever. A for effort. You've got to be kidding me. You- F for execution. <laughs> A for effort. Can I try it one more time? F for execution. Let me let me know if you hear this at all. Ready here? You hear Izzo. I, do you hear
1: Izzo? Do you hear him at all? I, the only way I could hear him now is if I call him. You oh want to my grab my phone and call God, me? What is going on? All A right. for he effort. Said, <laughs> I like the attempt. <laughs> F for execution. I like that you tried hard. Season's you're bad. diving on the floor for me,
0: Season's but bad. then you're turning it over.
1: I he like the said, way you get on the floor, but then you're throwing the ball away. <laughs>
0: What is going on here? Why is this not working? Um, all right, I'll look into that in a second. He basically said, "I'll play the freshman if I got to play the freshman." <laughs> I'm I'm not happy with how my my veterans played. Don't know what was going on out there. And listen, uh, Madi Sissoko, you know Malik Hall, AJ Hogard, Jaden Akins, they, they just yeah they they did not play well uh, uh, collectively. Tyson, he even he even said. Uh, Izzo, you know, Tyson Walker had statistically a good game, but he, even Izzo was like, you know, I didn't think Tyson played that well overall. Um, Said he had a leadership problem. Leadership problem. Said Cohen Carr was the only one who had a good game. Cohen Carr had 14 points, six boards, uh, no turnovers in 28 minutes. Um, I mean, Walker went for 35 points, five boards, three assists, two turnovers, six steals. (laughs) I mean, they needed him to be as good as he was, but um, I'm not... First of all, you're talking to a guy who was lower on Michigan State than pretty much almost anyone. But even still, I had him 11th in the country. I just didn't pick him to be a top five team or top 10 team this season. Uh, But I still think they're going to get it together. Uh, This was the first time Tom Izzo lost a home game in November in his career. In fact, the program, I understand that most home games in November are going to be against mid-major competition. Most of them, not all, but plenty. Michigan State had not lost a home game since 1986 in the month of November. That's incredible. So that streak finally comes to an end, and uh, and I'm not. I don't know. I I guess your question was how much did my perception of Michigan State change by Monday night versus where it was, you know, Monday around six o'clock or whatever, and uh, maybe a little bit, but you know, just one game. Let's let's see what they they do here when they uh, they got to turn around and play Southern Indiana. I don't have the schedule in front of me, and then they obviously have the Champions Classic. We'll get to that. Next week, that'll be the next big, you know, a bigger referendums on Michigan State in the short term will come after that big matchup.
1: Yeah, Michigan State, you've got it right. Thursday against Southern Indiana, that's back at the Breslin Center. Tuesday, Champions Classic, they've got Duke. Um, this might sound weird. Nothing that happened on the court really concerns me about Michigan State or changes what I think they can be. I, I think they just played poorly, shot incredibly poorly, and lost a game to a. A good enough a team that's good enough to beat them if they shoot like that what I didn't like is the way Tom talked about them afterwards like what I know I, when coaches say I I have an experienced team but I got a leadership problem that's not a great thing to hear it, it was the type of stuff you heard coming out of North Carolina last year like who's the leader locker rooms divided guys pulling in different directions I'm not suggesting in any way whatsoever that this will go like that I'm just saying I'm not i went not bothered with they lost the game while shooting nine uh, one of 20 from three. Like, take anybody. Almost nobody will shoot one of 20 from three, and almost anybody will lose against a quality team when they shoot one of 20 from three. So that's that. But the way Tom talked about him afterwards is um, – that that would be concerning to me if I were Michigan State. Ain't nothing he can't fix. I assume that he will. But it is something that he publicly acknowledged is an issue right now.
0: Yeah, and – uh Well, listen, appreciate it. So for always being willing to be honest in his press conferences, this is nothing new. Um, You know, we always are going to welcome that. We'll see if it winds up uh, mattering at all, but it was, I mean, for how all of this played out from a result standpoint, I mean, Michigan state was the first team in 22 years to lose a home opener as a top five team in the country. The last time that happened was Kentucky when it was ranked number four and dropped its home opener to Western Kentucky in 2001 Um, And there hadn't even been a top five team in the AP poll that lost a season opener to an unranked opponent since Michigan State. It opened on the road against Hawaii as a tune-up to Maui. That was that epic 2005 Maui year with the triple overtime against Gonzaga. Before all that, they went and played Hawaii, and they got got beat there. So we don't see these kinds of results normally uh, in the first couple of days of the season from top five teams. We got it with Michigan State. They brought back most of the roster. They were ranked accordingly. And... We'll just, we'll wait and see. Uh, I, I, I think it was just as much. And now I understand the one of 20 from three point range. Um, I think it was just as much the way that James Madison was composed because they were up big in the first half and then MSU did push back, but then they punched back themselves and that's a good win to a team. I'm probably jinxing them right now here, but from a record standpoint, if JMU really is going to be that good at the, at the Sun Belt level and if it, if it does beat Kent state on Thursday, there's a chance that this could be FAU-ish if they, uh, if they prove to be as, uh, as dominant of a mid-major team as expected. This could be a team that we look up in January and maybe it only has one or two losses to its name. Just one last thing that is worth pointing out.
1: Obviously, you and I, like, you had them ranked where you had them ranked. I had them ranked where I had them ranked. Uh, we both think Michigan State is going to be great relative to most of the rest of the sport. It is worth noting that they weren't great last season, you know? They were okay. I mean, they weren't great. They were okay. Yeah. No, I'm I, I, like, take take what I said literally. They yes. weren't great. They were good, but they did finish, I think, 26th at Ken Palm. They got a seven seed in the NCAA tournament. Um. They were not a – I remember just sort of having a conversation with uh, Commander King. He said, "Uh, man, you guys have talked about Michigan State at all, and as we've discussed before – it was because they were never great enough to be like, ooh, they're great. And they were never bad enough to be like, oh, my God, they're really bad. It was just like they were good and just consistent, like just good. And you bring back a lot of those guys. We often, I include myself in this, we go, that good team's is bringing every, a lot of people back. They're going to be great. Sometimes they are, but sometimes they just stay kind of good. I'm not predicting that, but just keep that in mind as we as we move forward. Norlander, you got some news and notes from elsewhere the first two days of the season. Why don't you run us through that right now?
0: Uh, wait. I, I, certainly, I certainly can, but I'm thinking maybe f- first, Nada, I'm thinking maybe a word from our partners? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can
1: spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right. A couple results here, more than a couple, just a few here. Notable uh, doings in the first two days of the season. Uh, We talked about USC K-State. That was a Monday night game. Um, 82-69 for USC over Kansas State. The trio of Isaiah Collier, Boogie Ellis, and Kobe Johnson were tremendous. Uh, Boogie Ellis had 24 points, eight boards, Five assists. Collier had eighteen points, six assists. He did foul out, and then Kobe Johnson sixteen points, eight rebounds, four steals. Uh, he really might be the secret ingredient there for USC to uh, be a potentially top ten team, which I think it will grow into. So a nice win for USC. LeBron James was asked. I guess the Lakers played Monday night as well. He was asked about Bronny, who well, obviously he didn't play. He said uh, Bronny's going to have a heart checkup at the end of the month, and then if that all goes well. I think the plan according to braun will be uh get him on the pathway to start practicing soon thereafter and then hopefully make his debut later the season which has always been the plan but now we know he's got a, a relatively important doctor's checkup in just a few weeks there so keep an eye on that other uh-oh losses from the first two nights rutgers goes uh and beats uh, excuse me and loses to princeton princeton wins 68 61 so princeton beat two seed arizona seven seed Missouri in the tournament made the sweet 16 to be only the fourth 15 ever to get to the 16 and then opens its season with a seven point win over a Rutgers program that had not scheduled Princeton in a decade fun fact Princeton is two and one in its last three games against Rutgers uh shouts to Matt Aloko, who was terrific had 21 points uh it was a bit of an ugly game but I was dialed in uh and it was uh it, they played it in Trenton, so it was a "quote unquote" neutral site game. Um, love to see that. Is it uh,
1: true? Did I got? Do I have this right? You reported yesterday that Brett Yormark is now considering adding Princeton to the Big Twelve.
0: I did. That is not my report. That, I that, is, that was that yours. Is erroneous. That is erroneous. But um, these kind again. Thank you, Steve Peichel, for this game. I was interested in this game because Rutgers rarely schedules Princeton. Princeton's coming off a a tournament run, and Rutgers is expected to be in the NCAA tournament conversation. Princeton not even picked to win the Ivy League after doing what it did last year. That's Yale in overwhelming fashion. Um, That said, these exact results are why high-major coaches straight-up do not want to schedule – I'm being specific here – in-state mid-major competition. Losing to Princeton How's this helping Rutgers? It's not whatsoever. If it had won the game, I actually think from a resume standpoint, it could have stood up well. It didn't. So it goes. Steve Peichel, don't let this scare you off from scheduling Princeton again, but I feel like as long as he's to coach at Rutgers, we're never going to see this match.
1: Oh, up. no. Okay. <laughs> Rutgers, go ahead and book it. Season opener next season. John Brown. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Bring John Brown to Piscataway. <laughs> it's already on the t- Bring me John Brown to Piscataway. Oh, boy. Um Another upset. Man, I had my Flight of the concords ready and everything. Vandy, who'd they lose to? I'm going to play it. Let me know if you hear this. Who'd Vandy lose to on Tuesday night? A for it?
1: effort. You didn't hear it? I mean, it's a, a, I it's appreciate a the effort. I like that you, you're trying stuff. Gosh, I got Flight of the concords all loaded up.
0: Presbyterian.
1: I, I, I like that you're trying stuff caribbean but the execution you got to get a little the execution ain't there yet
0: someone in the chat saying i'm one for 20 on getting recordings to play you're like the michigan
1: state (laughs) of audio oh man we might have a leadership problem ourselves
0: (laughs) it's possible we got our own leadership problem here public of dominican ladies of the world flight of the concourse that's that's music assignment number two the folks out there, please go check it out. Fly at the concourse big time. Anytime I can squeeze in a Presbyterian into the show, I'm going to do it. I'll look into why this isn't playing. Gosh, man, that is just so disappointing. Oh, but not nearly as disappointing as Vanderbilt dropping a home game to the Blue Hose. <laughs> the Blue Hose had lost 18 in a row. Mm-hmm. It's not just that. You lose to Presbyterian. First of all, what, what league is Presbyterian in? Can you name? Can you get the league in three guesses? Yeah. Okay, give it to me. Metro Conference. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, doesn't exist anymore. Okay. Great
1: Midwest
0: Conference. No. Act 12 One more. ACC. That's a no. All right. Big South, and pick last in the Big South. Not by me.
1: <laughs> Not by me. I didn't pick them last in deal. the Big South.
0: I think for this episode, what trivia time? Okay, let's go. What town, what's first of all, what state is Presbyterian in? Oh, come on. We count in Puerto Rico as a state. No,
1: okay, it's not there. Should be uh Presbyterian, yeah. I mean, that's in I mean,
0: that's in Virginia. How about one more guess? West Virginia. Oh, gosh, you're going west. You need to go south. It's, it's, in, it's in South Carolina. Not only that. I know. It's, it's not far from Chester, I think. exactly. So I feel like for this show and this show only, let's get a little Clinton, South Carolina shout out at the end of the show. OK, right next to Chester. Actually, let me uh, let's go over. Let's do blind guests right now. I swear I didn't look this up. This is this is <laughs> this is podcast production magic in real time here. What is your guess on how long it takes to drive from Chester to Clinton? Oh, man. Buck forty five. Buck 45. I'm going to say we're looking at 37 minutes. All right. Clinton, South Carolina. Here we go. Actually, I'm going to do, I'll do, yeah, I'll do, we'll do Presbyterian exactly. Uh, Clinton, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and George then, Clinton, exactly Vice President, Clinton. For James Madison. I'm all over this right now. Yeah. Come on now. Um, Chester, South Carolina. You said a buck 45. Hour 45 is what it's going
1: to take to get all you right, there. That's see, if traffic's I'm 38 I'm, minutes. That's, that's if traffic's That's bad. Clinton, You're looking at 55-minute drive right there on 72. No, but I was taken into account. like on Long way is an hour seven. So Yeah. And then I was, I was assuming there'd be a really bad wreck on the interstate. Okay. we get caught a little bit. You ever been caught a little bit? I saw a dead body on the side of the interstate a couple weeks ago. Come on, man. True story. I'm trying to
0: talk about Presbyterian beating Vandy. I know. But, you know, I could tie it together. Give me three minutes. I could tie I know it together. You, I know you can. And right, let's 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 shuffle, let's shuffle along here. Uh, yeah, Blue Hose had lost 18 in a row. Pick last in the Big South, but not by Gary Parrish. I, mean, I didn't do that. This team went five and 27 last season. Went into Vandy. Just better walked- than Louisville. <laughs> it's true. Nevertheless, it just it walked into Memorial Gym. Okay, it just walked <laughs> right in. That's what it did. Too many people do that these days. There was no Tyron Lawrence for Vandy. He's the best player, but still. And Lee Dort, who's a a good big, but you cannot lose this game. So credit to Presbyterian. Shame on you, Vandy. Vandy's had a habit of dropping some games against mid-major competition in their home gym under Jerry Stackhouse. This is like the fifth or sixth time they've lost to a mid-major at home since uh, since Stack took over. Not a good uh, sign. Also, other upsets. Oklahoma State lost at home to Abilene Christian. It was an ugly game. Not a good result for Mike Boynton's team. Abilene Christian, you may recall, beat Texas as a 14 seed in the 2021 NCAA tournament. That loss prompted Chaka Smart to go and be the head coach at Marquette. That's I don't know why the NCAA couldn't have banned Oklahoma State from playing them. Yeah, that's true. They should have stepped in. They should have intervened. They I, You know what? Been. Mike Boynton would have welcomed an intervention. I think. Buddy. He would have welcomed that. But that's a tough one. Uh, DePaul? Come on, Listen, I think I speak on behalf of everyone associated with this podcast. We just want good things for DePaul. You can't be losing your season opener at home to Purdue-Fort Wayne. 82. Ray Meyer wouldn't do that. I don't think Ray Meyer ever lost to Purdue-Fort Wayne. I think he was undefeated against the Mastodons, whether or not he encountered them, period. Can't. Joey Meyer wouldn't have done that. Josh to Mark Aguirre. Tough loss for DePaul there. Hate to see it. Um, and then VCU, in its first game under new coach Ryan Odom, McNeese State goes up there without former VCU coach Will Wade, who is serving. It's hard to keep track. Suspension. It is hard to keep track. VCU drops a game to McNeese State 76 65. Now, McNeese State, the overwhelming pick to win the Southland, like probably going to win that game, but that league by like four games or so. Uh, nevertheless, goes in, goes into VCU, goes into that gym, upends them by 11. It's a notable uh it's a notable result there. So those are some uh some upsets of note. There was a there was a near upset of note. Louisville pulled it out. Buddy. 94-93 over UNBC. They're on the board. They are 25% of the way to where they landed last year. I think they can get there. I know they're gonna get there. Buddy, I'm not certain. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna get there. They won. First of all, I think the entire like college hoops Twitter world was ready to say, how are you gonna go? and win four games in a season, and then you make the conscious decision to open your first game the following campaign against a team that is so connected to one of the biggest upsets. Not that this wouldn't have been a huge upset, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to play UMBC? Like, you don't schedule fairly Dickinson. By the way, went on the road, beat Buffalo. Shouts to FDU. You don't schedule UMBC, Fairly Dickinson. You just, you know... You don't want to set yourself up for the memes. Louisville narrowly.
1: I guys. got two words for you, Kenny Payne.
0: John Brown. John Brown. Get John Brown to the Yum Center. There's only so many days in the season for John Brown. Okay. You're going to have them scheduled to play 57 games by the end of the show. They need. They should. If they should. I tell you what. Um, I finished up last uh, Tuesday night. All the pod prep, all the notes. And then I wake up this morning kind of going through it. and I'm like, well, damn. Nevada beat Sacramento State 77-63 on Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. That's not why we're talking about it. We're talking about it because this game... Here's an update from Sacramento State's men's basketball's Twitter account. We have a bat delay yeah. at the Lawler Event Center. Multiple bats flying low around the court, disrupting play and nearly running into players. 5:40 left in the game. Hornets 56, Nevada 63. The bats apparently perish. These bats, and it is it is not just plural. Um, it's a colony. Actually, what do we call a group of bats? Do you know? I'm gonna look it up I right call now. Them a gang. I feel like it's a really badass name. I've heard it before. A group of call bats. Gang. No, it's a gang of bats. A flock of bats. No, it's not a. It's a. It's, it's a stable of bats. It's a colony of bats. I believe Google, uh, Google's telling me. A, a
1: cauldron of bats.
0: bats. A cauldron? That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty We've got good. A
1: basketball game delayed by a cauldron of bats? A cauldron of bats. I don't Between recalls. those bats and this COVID, we ain't
0: going to get through this season. Sports incredible. A cauldron of bats interrupted a game on Tuesday night. Multiple. There was a video that was out there. Apologies. I don't know uh, who posted it, but you had Noodles, Nevada assistant, former, okay. uh, former head coach. He's got one of those towels. He's like swiping at it. You had someone that looked like they had uh, the same kind of like uh, the same kind of net to catch fish in. They're trying to swoop in and catch the bats. First of all, you got a cauldron of bats living in your ceiling in That's the tough. What are we doing?
1: Hey, oh, by the way, had a squirrel in my attic recently. Called them out. I said, "Hey, I think I got a squirrel in my attic." They came out and looked. What do you think the quote was? Ooh, uh, just get the to squirrel hit- out. Remove the squirrel, and then like you know patch up any
0: construction issues that have oh, led so to it a- so you, it's, it's it's damage to the home here to get it out
1: no we just got to like close a little gap that was a construction you know when they All built right, the home, that in
0: i feel like uh i feel like a reasonable price is like 350 but the way that you're leading me here i'm going to say that uh that it was north of 500 eight thousand dollars you're out of your mind <laughs> I told, I told this guy, I think I 8, could get a dead body you, removed from my it, house. No, for you, less adopt, than $8, you adopt the squirrel at that point. $8,000? I
1: told this dude, I, I feel like I could murder people and get bod, actual human bodies removed from my home for less than $8,000. That's dark. Like, I know people <laughs> who would do it for less than
0: $8,000. Reminder this is a self proclaimed extortion expert on the show. Now, just openly. Sharing his plans. All right. A good
1: time. Buddy, I will shower with a squirrel before I pay $8,000 to get it out of my you'll, house. You'll cuddle
0: with a squirrel for half that. No doubt about it. No no uh, doubt about it. Is it gone? Is yes, it is, it is gone. Okay. And you didn't have to pay a cent? I just had to get some buddies.
1: Okay. <laughs> Down here in Mississippi, you always got some buddies that can handle some That's, stuff like you this. You what? You're correct. Yeah, I tell you what. There ain't a lot of great things about being in Mississippi, but one of them is... You always got some buddies that could handle some stuff.
0: That's fair. That's fair. By the way, this whole bat situation, I love that it happened. This this apparent stunt, which, by the way, ha- so apparently Sacramento State's on a 12-2 to 2 run. The cauldron of bats, the colony of bats, descends. The Lawler Event Center. Lawler? We've got a Jerry Lawler situation here? Different spelling, but I hope so. It is a different spelling?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, man. Well, you know what? It's the Jerry Lawler Center to me, and as far as I'm concerned. And I don't forecast many Nevada home games in our final four and one future. However, Jerry Lawler offense center. I feel like it's got to be that. He's Congrats. a legend. He's the king. Congrats to Nevada. Here's what um, I sent this over to Nada because apparently I can't play it. <sighs> apparently I can't, I can't play the sound. Body. Here's the post. Steve Alford was actually asked about something else before he pivoted to mentioning the bats, not to go ahead and, and play this press conference video. If you on, it. on coach Knight. I just wanted to know how you kind of dealt with that tonight. And were there any moments during the game where he kind of popped into your mind? or You kind of felt him or were thinking about him as you were out there on the court.
1: Yeah. I wondered what his thoughts would have been with the bats. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, there's a lot of things that came to my. Uh, there was a time I thought about throwing a chair.
0: It's actually pretty good.
1: It's, fru- it's frustrating when things don't go the way they're supposed to go. We should know.
0: We should know. Um, the person or people behind the no context college basketball Twitter account DM'd me overnight. This is a, this is, this is a request. I know you're not prepared. Hmm. Read this uh, verbatim. We got uh, need a GP at bat impression on tomorrow's show.
1: I haven't, I haven't even practiced.
0: Can you give us a Christian Bale on Batman?
1: I can't see you remember when Adele had that Vegas residency the first time not comparable and um, you know they put tickets on sale and they promoted it and people bought the tickets and and then she said uh, she said, I'm sorry but I'm not ready to do this I can't do this yet I can't deliver what I need to deliver to make it worth your while I feel a little bit like Adele right now
0: I feel like Adele would pay $8,000 to get a squirrel out of her house, though. Yeah, I think I feel she like would. that's just a no-brainer. Remember yeah. when she was talking about calling that dude 50,000 times? No. She <laughs> said, I must have called you 100 times or something like that. And I'm what like... talking about the song? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think the lyric is, I must have called 50,000 times. <laughs> I must have called 100 times? a, thousand a thousand times? 1,000 times, yeah. Yeah. Do you know yeah. how crazy it is to call somebody
1: 1,000 times?
0: You want to follow up? uh your Axl rose impression with little uh, adele you want to go you want to make that pivot she said hello from the other side i must
1: have called a thousand times and yes. i'm like i would block your number after like eight like that's that's not that's cuckoo for puffs
0: be because somebody a thousand times from the other side or any side after much speculation on his availability, Donovan Klingin did wind up playing for UConn in the team's debut. Um, UConn Cruz, they destroyed Northern Arizona. Uh, Klingin had 12 points, eight boards, three blocks and 15 minutes. And Alex Caravan starred. He had 22.7 rebounds. So good to see Klingin be available on time. That's a big one. Um, one news note, Bill Self, it was announced on Tuesday, got a new deal that makes him the highest paid coach in the sport. Um, contract has it for a five-year rolling deal, so every year that Self continues to coach, he'll just have five years in front of him on the contract. Uh, it totals right now at about fifty-three million overall. So yes, if you're doing the math, Bill Self is averaging or set to average more than ten million a year over the next five seasons. That's a big one. I think Bill Self, Bill Self, and John Perry I think, are the only ones in men's college basketball that currently have these "quote unquote" lifetime. Uh, setups in their deals. Uh, Self is regarded as the best coach in the game. And now that the IARP saga is behind him, he actually signed the contract last week, but it became public on Tuesday. Uh, Kansas went and made sure to go about and uh, and pay him handsomely. And there's also a clause in that new deal that says anything in the past now can't be used against him for termination for cause or anything like that. So uh, so good on Bill Self for uh, for getting the deal.
1: I was on with Sarin Petro yesterday in Kansas City, and he asked me this question. I'd be curious to get your answer. I didn't have a great answer off the top of my head. I think I've got an answer now. Bill Self is now the highest paid coach in college basketball. Yeah, yes. Someday somebody is going to turn around and make you cry. That wasn't right. <laughs> Someday somebody,
0: oh gosh,
1: is going to. Wilson Phillips? It just popped into my head. I just said someday, somebody, and then it just clicked.
0: Isn't that weird? Uh, The no context preview. I have just. Isn't that weird? That happens. Options here. Yep. It's like
1: when somebody says 18 years, somebody else will immediately go 18 18 years, 18 years, 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 every time. If you ever say, I think he got sentenced to 18 years. Somebody else will say 18 years, 18 years. Same thing that just happened to me. Somewhere, somebody, someday, someday, somebody, somewhere. Yes, is going to be the highest paid coach in college basketball, and it's not going to be Bill Self. Somebody will get a bigger contract than this someday.
0: Who will it be? I don't know, because I, I went on HQ Tuesday to talk about this, and I got asked, like, uh, you know, what does this mean for contracts going forward? Here's the deal, man. Bill Self has been at Kansas for two decades. He's regarded as the best coach in the game, has multiple national championships. This deal sets him up now. It kind of. You know, there was always like a little bit of will he go and maybe try his hand at coaching in the NBA, and that just never, it never materialized. It didn't happen. Uh, so, you, in order to get to this kind of level, to be paid north of ten million dollars annually as a head coach, yes, it will happen. Like there will be, um, but I'm not expecting these kinds of deals under these terms for this much money. I mean, it, this is this is rarefied stuff here. Um, but you're saying who's so who will be the next coach that makes more than ten milli? That 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 one day there will be this headline. Yeah.
1: John Brown or somebody else signed a contract with whatever school, making him the highest paid coach in college basket in college basketball.
0: Oh boy. Like there's a chance. In fact, I think there's a very there's a likelihood, although we never Know the number that Mike Shoshevsky was almost certainly being paid. You would have to believe.
1: More than what I was years. told by somebody at Duke one time was, and like one time toward the end of Mike's career, what I was told was by somebody at Duke is like, you can go look at your USA Today list. Yeah, nobody makes more money than K. Yes, exactly That's what I was told.
0: The working the working theory is that Shoshevsky was was clearing. Bill Self probably now isn't making as much as Shoshevsky was in his final five to ten seasons at Duke, uh, which is understandable. So. Um, so with that in mind, like Shire, you know, that, that would, that's my, that would be my best guess. Shire.
1: John Shire Shire keeps recruiting like this, wins a national title. He's the highest You gotta like,
0: yeah, I know you, you can, you can get there, but he's in year two, he's in year two and they've played one game this season. So we'll see. I think it's possible. I'm looking at my list here. Yeah. Um, multiple people saying, uh. Or one person at least, say Mick, Mick Cronin. Like you know how we feel about Mick Cronin. UCLA doesn't have not a not history. Have much. UCLA doesn't spend money like that. You have to. You have to have won. In my opinion, if you're getting a 10 million, we're talking multiple national titles and a a long established period of of dominance or success at a, a certain spot. And even like, I can't see like let's say this Baylor team hits it. I can't see Baylor getting to 10 million for Scott Drew. It's actually it's a good question, GP. Like eventually the money's going to get there
1: eventually. The way Scott fast, Drew becomes the highest paid coach in college basketball is like he wins another title or goes to another final 4 and one of the big big correct. big jobs opens. Yes, but even and then and they come after him hard and then he stays not, at Baylor not, for the big contract.
0: I guess, and even then, eh, it's it's this for for men's college basketball, this is a ton of money. Like to, ten million annually is is huge, huge money, rare fried air. Uh, I if I don't think it's happening anytime soon. I, I would I would say we will not have a coach be making more than ten million at least in the next half decade because I don't think there's any coach positioned to really get that kind of money at that kind of level. All right, before we get out of
1: here, and yep. we do have to get out of here. I know we got to get out. Of here. There are at least three kind of interesting games featuring uh, ranked teams. Uh, or at least quality teams over the next couple of days. Um, On Wednesday, that's tonight, you get number 10, Florida Atlantic versus Loyola Chicago and Arizona State against Mississippi State. Both those games in Chicago, it's the Barstool Invitational. Top 10 teams almost never open with a true road game, and and this is not a true road game for FAU. But the Owls are playing Loyola Chicago 11 miles away from Loyola Chicago's campus. I don't know how much a big deal that's going to be but like what i just told you is true florida atlantic only a four and a half point favorite and might be shorthanded so FSU, fau starting uh oh and one like it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world although it would be a nightmare for my mentions
0: it, oh, you're, you're done. it's over for you
1: oh there's nothing i need it's more over. in my life tonight than florida atlantic you
0: pay eight thousand dollars for fau not to lose tonight I would I would be more
1: willing to pay eight thousand dollars for an FAU win than I would to get a squirrel out of my home.
0: It, it certainly carries a lot of entry Loyola well, Chicago was not good last season, ten and twenty one. Expected to be much improved, uh, but well, you know, this is this is high on the intrigue meter. Let's just see what FAU looks like. First game going to this is Wintrust Arena, DePaul, DePaul's home arena. So you're already, you're already walking into a weird juju situation there. So. um I'll be intrigued to uh, to check that one. And then M- you go mess around and end up with more wins at DePaul's arena than DePaul. Okay. If we don't get serious. Anything's possible. If we don't get focused, Arizona state, Mississippi state is the, uh, is the second game in that. And Mississippi state is expected to be the better team. No, no Tolu. He's, he's by far the best player on either of these teams, but he's not available for, for Chris bulldogs there. But, um, Bobby Hurley has had a habit of of picking off notable non-conference wins away from home. Uh, So that would not be surprising whatsoever. And then got a good one Thursday, New Mexico at St. Mary's. And that's it. That is it now. New Mexico, a team that I think is going to make the tournament. And St. Mary's Mm -hmm. team, I think, is going to make the tournament. St. Mary's has that in their home gym. So I find that to be intriguing. That one and James Madison, Kent State are your two big Thursday watches. There you go. Got to enjoy that.
1: Yeah. Uh, New Mexico
0: at St. Mary's. That's uh, two top 40 kin pom teams without it. Yeah. And if you are unfamiliar, Jalen house, Aid Mahaney, let's go Two great guards, Jamal Mashburn, jr. Another, another guard for New Mexico can really, uh, can really fill it up there. So yeah, St. Mary's, uh, you know, Mitchell Saxon, Alex, Alex Dukas, they got some good, they got some good dudes. That's actually like that. That's a high quality. I know it's not power conference scenes, but that's like a high, high quality game there. So that's actually worth tuning into Thursday. It's 10 Eastern before we get out of here. We got, we got to talk about this real quick here. Mm. Nada, can you put this picture up of this guy? Can we just openly like wonder and conspire about what the heck's going on here? So if you are not watching on YouTube, and you should be, please subscribe to the channel. Hey. Guy shows up. YouTube. Guy shows up on yep. Monday night to Syracuse. Yep. Okay. Syracuse opened a season against New Hampshire at 183.72. Adrian Autry, congrats on your first career win. This guy. Yep. Shows up. First of all, he's got this sign dangling around his neck. It says alumni 1975. First time back. All caps. Go orange. Three exclamation marks. Jim Boeheim's head coaching career began in 1976. This yeah. guy graduated in 75. Mm-hmm. D- apparently for, Oh, I don't know why, but he graduates in 75 and does not make it back to a single Syracuse home game. That's right. For f- 48 years. Mm-hmm. And the first damn game that Jim Beheim is not the head coach of Syracuse. This guy's in the building. And not only in the building, if you see the picture, there's no one else in, in, in view of the frame, right? And he was there bright and early. He's there an hour and a half before tip. All right. Give me your thoughts. Oh,
1: come on. We know what happened. What happened? I mean, we know what happened. Took his girl? Yes. Jimmy B got his
0: girl. Jimmy B got his girl back in the 70s. This man held a grudge all these years. Un- this man is unbelievable. I'm I'm completely serious. Mike Waters, tremend- or Donna Totota two tremendous Syracuse beat writers. Please find this man and get this story. I have to know how this Syracuse graduate goes from 75 to 2023 and never goes to a Syracuse home game. I know. I just told you. I
1: just told you unreal you hear that story john stamos said john (laughs) stamos he got a new book out if you're looking for something to read john
0: stamos has a new book out working through killers of the flower moon i gotta finish it before i want to get just watch the
1: movie Uh, you can probably finish the book before you can finish the movie that might be true um john stamos said once upon a time he had this pretty little girlfriend and he went to visit her at her house and when he went there and he walked in her house. She's laying in bed with Tony
0: Danza. Oh man, that's tough. I mean, that is tough. That's tough. And this woman's got a type, doesn't she? Respect. To, uh, for sure. Respect to Tony Danza, but Stamos. That's tough.
1: That's a tough situation. So I would assume something similar. This guy came <laughs> to visit his girlfriend. And yeah, a Tony Dan. And so Beheim's the Tony Danza. Jim Beheim is the Tony Danza of college basketball. I've been saying it for decades.
0: Credit by the way to Jeff Rubin, who put this photo of this man. On Twitter and uh, and prompted plenty of discussion. Just you know what? All things considered, didn't have a lot of high profile matchups. We had more discussion content than i than I could have possibly imagined on this first in season episode of of Ion College Basketball. So, college basketball. Thank you as always for that. And um, if you're listening on your phone, reminder: our Wednesday and Friday shows for the foreseeable future they will be live on YouTube hey, at dead. 9 a.m. Eastern. I'm gonna fix. I'm going to fix my board here so I can play. I've heard that before. I'm going to fix the board. Not happy with the situation right now. Okay. I pulled a Michigan state, not happy about it. Mm -mm. But if you want to get the podcast as soon as possible, the only way to do that is to watch the show in real time on YouTube. We'll be live again on Friday to preview the weekend and the first edition final four and one. We're going to need some sort of terms yet. Again, we got to figure out what you're going to have to give me after my record beats you again.
1: If I win, you never get to try to use the audio on the podcast. No, anymore.
0: I don't agree to those terms. <laughs> not, not a chance. Not a chance.
1: Well, we'll eight thousand dollars to
0: you before I agree
1: to that. Man, that guy. He said like it's probably gonna be like a uh, seventy nine eighty seven, and I was like, y- you, hopefully you mean seventy nine dollars and eighty seven cents. He's like, nope. I said, buddy, and then you know what he said? He said, "What do you do for a living?" He looked right <laughs> at me. He knew. I said, "Don't act like you don't know what I do for a living." <laughs>
0: okay, that's enough.
1: <a> <laughs> I said, uh, "I said I work in. Uh, I just, you know, I I just tell stories, really." And he said, uh, "You in the media?" And I said, "Yeah, I, yeah, I guess." And he goes, uh, "Well, I can give you a ten percent discount then." And I'm like, "A ten percent discount on squirrel removal because I'm in the media?" what are we
0: doing yeah, it sounds like an open up operation there <laughs> yeah, what is going like, on what? that's you like, go man, got you buddies. You're like you know what i got some buddies
1: you know what i know some fellas i grew up with some fellas let, let me let me do it let me I, one facebook search i can have this thing fixed shouts to Devin downey shouts to chester south carolina shouts to clinton south carolina yeah baby shouts to terry meff legend hawk larnell thank you guys once again <laughs> For listening, watching Ion own college basketball podcast. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe. Anyway you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple, Spotify. More of us than there are of them. That needs to be reflected. We're gonna to talk to you again Friday morning. Till then, take care.